This is the Ezra Podcast. We got a couple big fights, all at 135. Well, two fights at 135 that are really important. Coming off Teofimo losing to uh, Cambosos, these fights are definitely, uh, you know, Cambosos is definitely a, could be a future opponent of both fighters. I think it's more likely Haney than it is Tank Davis. Um, it's also interesting just on the matches that we're seeing this weekend compared to the fights, you know, the fights that we're seeing for Haney for the, uh, compared to the fight you're seeing for Tank Davis as far as how they're matching uh, these fighters, right? The who, who guys that are claiming to be the king at 135, claiming to be the best fighter at 135. And, you know, soon, you know, have a claim to the pound for pound. So let's start off with Devin Haney versus Jojo Diaz. And in a fight that I think is um, is going to be a lot more competitive than people think. And I, I get why people think that this fight... See, some of these fights, the way, the way they sneak under the radar of how competitive they are, it, it, it's obvious things that you could point out, right? Devin Haney, on paper, right? He's First of all, he's a bigger man. He's definitely... Uh, his skills definitely stands out way more flashier than Jojo Diaz. He looks like the complete package, right? So when you get the bigger, it looks his skill stands out more, and he just looks like the complete package. It looks like you know, and he has all the hype behind him, right? Of being like a future beat, a world beater, uh, you know, com- comparisons to Floyd Mayweather. He has all that, and then you got Jojo Diaz coming in, right? And Jojo Diaz has, at moments, you know, it feels like he's had an up and down career, even though he only has one loss. He feels like he has an up and down career, and he, you know, he lost to his biggest shot was a. Um, his first big test, I guess, against Gary Russell, he, he got gunshot. He didn't pull any shots. And that made that fight seem like it was completely one-sided. But he had opportunities in that fight. And even go back and watch it, Jojo Diaz just didn't pull the trigger. I just didn't believe in himself that night and couldn't. And maybe it was just too drained to do. But he did have opportunities. Then he goes up and wait. He gets um, a few He gets, he gets a few wins, moves up to uh, 130. And he his toughest fight against Tevin Farmer uh, who, you know, at that point was highly respected. He, 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 it's a one-sided, it's a one-sided fight. It's a clear victory. Now people debate whether how one-sided it was. It was, that, that fight was pretty one-sided. I don't think anyone scored that fight for Tevin Farmer. That's right. So then Joe Diaz gets that win. Then what does he do? He comes back, misses weight, fights Rockman, uh, Rockman Rav, and in a lackluster performance, a fight that looks drained, doesn't look motivated, doesn't look like he trained all that well. He, he scrapes by in the draw. Now, still on that fight, that's a tough fighter. It was not a fighter that was easy. It was a tough guy, a well-respected guy in the weight. And even to me, I don't think on his best day, still gives a, comp- a competitive uh, performance and still almost pulls it out. Moves up in weight now on an opportunity where he needs to shine. People are a little bit down on him. He fights Javier Fortuna. Replaces Ryan Garcia in that fight. And he goes out there and to me, is a clear another clear victory. For Jojo Diaz, and I thought he just outskilled him. And the thing with Jojo Diaz is that the skill's there. Now, it doesn't, in his movement, it doesn't look as flashier as some of these other guys, right? It doesn't look like Ryan Garcia. It doesn't look like Devin Haney. It doesn't look like Tank Davis or Tiafimo. He doesn't have that, but the skill is there. And the inside fighting and the distance he can find for his punches and the jab he works away in his upper body movement. He's a little bit flat-footed. He's a little bit heavy in the feet. He's a little bit slow, but other everything else is pretty damn good. He's got a repertoire of punches and a repertoire of offense, and he's able to do little moves to sneak range, to find range for those shots. So I, I think this is a great matchup. I think it's an excellent fight. I think it's two quality names. It's exactly what Devin Haney needs, right? It's it's And it's the credibility of the weight class that JoJo needs. 
this is this is the fight. But somehow still we think it's a one-sided fight. And I, don't, I think that might hurt Devin Haney because I think this fight's going to be competitive. Now, Devin Haney, what we know about him is that at range he's very skilled. Uh, explosive. Now, I wouldn't say most explosive power, but explosive movement. Right, explosive combinations, explosive strike, beautiful jab. Has a one of the best jabs in boxing. Needs to keep it consistent. Needs to mentally stay consistent with the jab. Needs to mentally stay with the game plan in this fight. I think that he could make this fight harder on himself. Um, as you know, there was a fight. Um, I'm trying to think of the fight the, this past weekend that where the guy made it harder on himself. There were so, so so many fights that like now it's blinking in my head. Wait, well, actually, let me go back. I don't know, you know the oh um Fulton Stephen Fulton versus Figueroa. He if Stephen Fulton made that fight harder on himself than it had to be, and I think that's you know mentality. It's not that, and I don't think that he doesn't know what the game plan is. I think that he, that's just kind of fighter him. He's 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 got a lot of dog in him. Now I I don't know Haney. I don't think it's Haney has a lot of dog in him that that's why he gets into these type of fights. I just think that he loses. He just does, loses focus. He loses what works at times. And I think it's like Leonardo's fight. And a lot of people said that it was because he was trying to impress fans in the Leonardo's fight. I don't believe that was it. I just think that as you get tired and as a fight goes on and little things start slipping, right? And the little things he forgot were range or punching at the right distance. And Leonardo's is a fast guy and he can make you pay, especially in combinations. And if he does have Jojo Diaz and gets in, allows Jojo Diaz to find the mid-range or especially the inside range, he's going to have a tough night because Haney's not that good on the inside. He's mostly a distance fighter. That's the thing that I don't think a lot of people talk about is that the range, he's not, he can't really fight at all three ranges. I think he's better, he's all right in the middle, and he's better at far range when he can uh, explode into shots. I think on the inside, I think he, he mostly holds. I don't think he has a very good inside game. And I think if they if that happens, I think Jojo Diaz is going to be considerably better on the inside. He's going to be considerably more comfortable at finding the shots he wants. He can go to the body, go to the head. He has little shifts in the upper body that Devin Haney is not going to be able to do on the inside. And I think that at points of this fight, he will. Now, I think early on, Devin Haney's going to start off with a jab and movement and keeping the distance. That, um, that JoJo's going to have to find his way through to, to get inside. I think eventually in the middle rounds, he will get inside. And you're going to see some effective work by him. But I believe the size, I believe the skill on the outside and the speed... And the combinations on the outside are just going to be enough to push Devin Haney through the finish line at the end of this fight. I don't expect him to get hurt because I don't think JoJo cares a lot of power at 130. I don't think he cares a lot of power at 135. I don't expect JoJo to get hurt because I don't think Devin Haney hits that hard. I think probably the biggest critique of Devin Haney is inside fighting and the power in his shots. I don't believe he hits that hard. So I don't think JoJo Diaz is going to be worried about the power. I think it's just more frustration of... Because of foot speed, because he's got a little bit of a plotter, he's not going to be able to gain the range that Devin Haney has. Now, it is an orthodox versus southpaw. Um, usually, usually, I would favor the, you know, the, it's, that's kind of hard for, it's going to be hard for, for one fighter, right? I always believe that the guy that's boxing is going to have the easier time, especially if he's a southpaw boxing, it's easier time to keep the range because it's hard to get in when you're both lead foot or both lead legs are right in front of each other. So that's another thing that doesn't favor Jojo Diaz, but he's a little bit more creative with his feet. He could get a little more squared to uh, not allow that to be a problem. Another thing, Devin Haney is he doesn't exactly move around the ring too much. He's more of his defensive moves is upper body, so he does get stuck, right? He does get stuck in a certain range, so you can move in on him, and he could be hit in that because 
his movement is more like he's already moving. So like he, he okay, and then predetermined I'm gonna move back, right? I don't think he has like the best, his natural instinct isn't to react, is to move out of the way from punches and get out of distance. He doesn't. It's He's a lot of upper body. They're both similar with upper body defense. But that's gonna allow Jojo Diaz to get on the inside and maybe combo into things because Devin Haney, when he starts moving his head to um, defensively, he's gonna stay in the exact same spot. He's not gonna move. And a lot of times, sometimes when he moves defensively, he does the same pattern every time and he ends up with his head at the same exact spot on his right side Leonardo has timed that Joe Diaz is good enough to time that I really love this fight I really think it's a very interesting fight I'm very excited for this fight and I'm just excited to see if Devin Haney you know does what some people are saying he's gonna clean out you know one-sided Anderson Citizen versus Joe Diaz then I think Devin Haney says Devin Haney has finally grow, grown up to like star level, main event, ready to challenge anyone in the world. Because I, to me, we have an idea what Devin Haney is, but he has not reached that yet. He hasn't proved that yet, that what he is. Now, to me, I think Joe Diaz is way more proven than Devin Haney on what he is. And I think that Joe Diaz is the best fighter that Devin Haney's ever fought. I don't think Devin Haney's the best. As of right now, I'm not sure that Devin Haney's the best fighter that Joe Diaz ever fought. I'm pretty sure it's Gary Russell. I'm going to pick Devin Haney in an answer decision, and I think that the range, keeping the range, is going to be the most important thing. But there will be moments where Jojo Diaz has success, and especially again on the inside. Now, that's when, if I'm going to go for the counter for uh, Jojo Diaz, steady head movement. Don't let the jab um, put your head back all night. Don't let it, you know, with a heavy jab, and when you're getting caught with it, and it's whiplashing your neck, your back starts to go out, your legs start to slow down. You got to, he's got to find a way to, make that jab not be successful and by having uh, you know Haney missile the jab might stop Haney from throwing it he might lose confidence in it it's all a mental game uh combo on the inside flow on the inside and when you get an inside Haney tries to hold find the distance you're the shorter man you're gonna have a little bit of le- uh, leverage on that be able to um lower center of gravity find your range work make Haney look like he's holding for dear life on the inside and that pressure keep moving keep applying pressure jab on the inside and he's all about finding his range Jojo Diaz has to find his range on this fight has to move his head and cannot get deterred by that jab the next big fight and it's not on the same night and this is you know new thing they're trying is Sunday night pay-per-views I believe Floyd did it I think Jake Paul did it now uh Javante Tank Davis is doing it I don't believe Tank Davis's last fight was on Sunday night no it wasn't it was on a Saturday this is on the first one he's doing on Sunday interesting they're going to see you know what it does for pay-per-view buys now, this matchup, and I've gotten arguments on Twitter about this. This isn't a great matchup. It isn't. It isn't a good matchup for Tank Davis, who's you know 26, 27 years old, is a proven guy. We know we know what we're getting with Tank. Okay, I don't think anyone has any questions what Tank is. He's a high level fighter with explosive, probably one of the hardest you know like per pound punchers in the game. Right, Tank Davis. Amazing speed. Uh, the thing not talked about is his balance. He has amazing balance. That's why he could throw punches from... He's always set to throw a punch. He could be creative with punches because his feet are always in a position to throw punches. It's his best quality is his balance. If you want to watch something, watch his balance. I think we know what he is. I think this type of fight would be okay if you're coming up, right? If you're David Haney, you can't find no one, then Isaac Cruz is a guy, right? He's ranked in the top 10. You can't say that you're not fighting tough guys, right? You can't say you're not fighting a guy that's at least, you know, 
you're not trying to work your way up to, fi- to fight one of the top guys. But the thing is, the Tank is the top guy. He's the guy everyone's chasing. It was him and I would say Tia Fimo, right? Or Lomachenko for a little bit. But right now, it's Tank. He's the guy. He's the money man. Uh, Tia Fimo lost. Lomachenko lost to Tia Fimo. Tank's the guy. He's the guy everyone's chasing. And I'm not going to give him an excuse for these kind of matchups. And the thing is, is that this matchup is, I don't like this matchup. And the matchup that was originally scheduled was worse. But that guy had uh, a lot of criminal things c- coming against him. So this wasn't, like I'm saying, it's a, it's not, you can't say, well, look at the match. It wasn't even really truly the guy he wanted. He wanted another guy that was a way worse fighter. And I go, I get that they're going the money route and they're trying to build him to be this massive pay-per-view star. And, I'm, and of course, I've never go against someone, you know, you make as much money as you possibly can. But I, I also think that you, you, you treat the fans like they're idiots, right? You treat the fans like they're fools and you're selling a guy because of his opponent, because of his last name. Then that kind of rubs you the wrong way. And I'm going to be honest about it. And that's what it is. This fight is a mismatch. And they were going to go Rolly Romero because of his last name. Right? And his, they were hoping that his personality would carry through in the press conferences, which it really wasn't. And now they got to go with Isaac Cruz, which is a late replacement um, under the same banner. But there was a reason why his last name is Cruz. There's a reason why he's in this fight. And there's a logic and a business model that they think that they're following. Right? That maybe it does work. Maybe, maybe Floyd did follow this. Or... You know, maybe, but it's it's kind of like if you think that the fans are fools. And I'm just going to say right now, there's nothing Tank can do in this fight that's going to impress me. He has only the ability to unimpress me in this performance because the, the matchup is such a wide disparity on skill and resume and ability. That it's just so predictable what's going to happen. So I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Isaac Cruz is going to come inside. Now, Isaac Cruz is a come forward fighter. Um, the, you hear comparisons like he's like a mini Mike Tyson or something like that. You heard if, if you've watched boxing since Mike Tyson, you've heard that comparison from um, a million guys uh, to this point. And you know what the the thing that they all have in common is none of them are relevant now. That's still with the nickname of mini Mike Tyson. There's, there's not one of them is still relevant, right? There's always only one Mike Tyson. If another one comes, we won't call him mini Mike Tyson. He will, he will have his own name. He will stand out. Okay, but. That's what this is. He's a come forward fighter, but he does not have the, the leg movement of Mike Tyson. He doesn't have the um, upper body movement of Mike Tyson. He doesn't have the level changes of Mike Tyson. He has none of that. He's going to walk into shots. So his best bet is that he's going to walk down Tank. And if you ever seen Tank gas Tank be a problem, it's when he had to move backwards. And I think in the Leo Santa Cruz fight, I did think there was a little bit of an issue with him moving backwards. And if he wouldn't have got that knockout right in that round, which not like if he wouldn't, like if it was lucky. No, it was brilliant, beautiful. Uh, Leo Santa Cruz threw the same punch three times, and you can't do that with Tank. But I was curious if he didn't get that right, was his gas tank gonna be a problem? And in previous fights, like Gamboa, it's been an issue, right? Even the Pedraza fight, there was moments where it was a dip in energy. If Isaac Cruz could keep pushing him back and get Tank uncomfortable, because Tank is a very good fighter, whether going backwards or forward, but going backwards, he's considerably lesser of a fighter than he is going forward. Going forward, he's at his best. Going backwards, he can land some explosive shots, but his shots, because they're so explosive and because he puts a lot into them, he has to jump back and get them. If you continuously do that, right, if you constantly have to jump in back to respond to land those big shots, it's going to get tiring because not only are you moving backwards, but you're jumping backwards. It's a lot of motion instead of just going forward. So if, if, if Isaac Cruz could push him back and withstand the numbers of shots that he's going to have to uh, withstand because he doesn't have defense. He's not a defensive guy. 
So he's going to have to withstand a thousand shots, and then he's going to have to be active. And Isaac Cruz is not that active of a fighter. Now, he's a come-forward fighter, he's a pressure fighter, but he's not that active. He kind of has his gloves glued to the side of his head most of the time, and he kind of just comes forward and takes a big shot. But they show a highlight of what he did to uh, Magdaleno, uh, or is Magdaleno, where he, you know, does a flurry uh, on him against the ropes and knocks him out in the first round. And, you know, that guy was just knocked out the first round the fight before to Teofimo Lopez. Yes, that was an impressive uh, performance, but I think that the guy might have been worn, you know, by the time he got to him. And I think that that's an exception. I don't think that's the rule when it comes to Isaac. So he's got to come forward. He's going to have to be active, which he really isn't. And he's going to have to be able to go into some wild exchanges. Now, that's what they're counting on. They're counting on to, to tell you that this guy's going to come forward. He's going to look to fight. And in the first few rounds, it's going to be a, a, a slugfest. It could be that. But what I think more realistic is because Tank is not just some slugger. He's very talented. Now, his uh, his mentality is offensive. It's not a defensive mentality. That's why he gets hit. There's some ho holes in his defense. But I think Tank's just going to hit him and not get hit. And I think he's going to land big shots. And I don't think that Isaac Cruz is going to be able to walk through these big shots. I think that the, even if it doesn't hurt him, it's going to stop him in his tracks. And he's going to have to reset. And Tank's going to be able to switch to angles. And it's going to be one-sided. And then... Isaac Cruz is not going to walk into shots anymore. He's going to take a back step. And as soon as that happens, this fight will be over. And Tank's going to flurry on him. In this fight, I expect to be stopped in the fourth or fifth round. That's what's going to happen. So you can't tell me the fight that I'm telling you exactly is going to happen step by step by step. You can't tell me, like, oh, you weren't surprised or impressed. No, that's what's supposed to happen. There are, you know, and you can say he's a top 10 guy. Why are you mad about that? Because no matter how, you know, the division is deep, it's not 10 man deep. Okay, no division is 10 man deep. That's just not, it's never been the case ever in fighting as a division been Tim Andy. We all know the names at 135. Ryan Garcia, Devin Haney, Teofimo Lopez, Lomachenko. Now Cambosos has a claim in there because he beat them. But at that, before that fight, Cambosos was not considered one of the guys. Now you could say that, well, see, that shows, don't matter, an upset's an upset, okay? Doesn't matter. That's why you don't take those chances with Teofimo. You should have got a bigger fight. You shouldn't have won the Campbell. So you should have made him. Should have avoided that fight because there was no gain for you in that fight. Now you almost had a big giant payday, but that didn't work out. This is the the, the risk you're taking. This is the risk Tank's taking. I can't give him credit because he's taking a lesser point that I'm, I'm, I, everyone expects him to destroy. How can I give him credit for that? So now he has to just take all the risk. He's going to get paid. That's good for him. That's good for his career and his family and all that. But as far as what I'm watching boxing for, and I love when fighters get paid. But as far as legacy and what we talk about. This fight does nothing for him. And I don't know where they go from there. I want to do something where, let's see where Tank goes from here because I can't, he's not going to fight any of the other guys. This, that's not the way the business, business has worked. It's not the way they're going forward. So who are they going to match him next? Because they're running out of ideas. Are they going to bring back Roley? If he, if he gets cleared of these charges, are they going to bring him back? Where are they going with him next? But as far as this performance, it's nothing going to be done for me. Well, I watch it, of course. I'm a boxing addict. Okay, that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean, oh, wow, well, you still watch. What does that matter? I'm going to watch everything. I watched Triad fighting the other day. I signed up for a membership. I'm paying like $2 a month for that crap. For Triad fighting. Don't, that, that don't mean anything. People are going to order it. Boxing tours are going to order it. Who cares? That doesn't mean anything. Uh, I think Tank Davis is a star. I think he has the capabilities of being a megastar. At one point, does, he, does the megastar, though, need the credible opponent? Because it's going to need it at one point. To cross over to that, um, you know, that threshold. Let's go to the next fight. We got a fight going under the radar as well. Jose Aldo versus Rob Font. And I did a list and it, it kind of blew up on uh, 
Twitter a little bit, got a, a little MMA news. Uh, websites kind of wrote about it. Was the best boxers in MMA, and I had Peter Yan, Max Holloway, Conor McGregor, Jose Aldo, and Nate Diaz. And a lot of people were, were the last two were just like blowing their minds that they ha- even had them on the list. I think this fight's gonna vindicate me a little bit on why I had Jose Aldo on there. I think people are not paying attention to what Jose Aldo is doing at this point. I think that maybe they're thinking about Jose Aldo, who's always been kind of good with the hands, but he's gotten a lot better with his hands lately, especially combination punching, especially distance uh, with his punches. Um, and especially got because he's gotten away with the leg kick. He's gotten away from the leg kick because I think, you know, kicking guys like that, they're probably doing some damage to your leg, you know, over time. So I don't think he can throw it like he used to. And you got Rob Font, who a lot of people said should have been on my list. And if I did a top 10 list, Rob Font makes it. So I think this is an excellent matchup. I think this could be a very smart technical stand-up fight that people are just kind of overlooking and not getting excited for and not seeing the true potential of the fight. But I, I see it. And I, and as far as the, my list goes, this is going to, you know, someone's going to be leaving the top fight. Someone's going to be entering it if this fight plays out how I expect it to. Um, I expect Jose Aldo, Jose Aldo to be competitive in this fight. Now, the fact that it's a main event and it's five rounds, I think that could be a problem for him because he's older. Also, he's got way more wear and tear on him than Rob Fott does, who are only a year apart, which is strange, you know, to say, because Rob Fott's just getting to the picture of this le- of this level of fights. Now, I expect the first round and second round to be competitive, back and forth. I think that the defensive things about, you know, Jose Aldo kind of stands straight up. Now he's excellent with range, but Rafa is able to cover long distances with his punches. And I think that he's probably going to catch Jose Aldo straight up and with his chin kind of up. And I think that those shots over these five rounds are going to begin to mean something. And I think that while I see Jose Aldo could be competitive, right, in the first two rounds, I think in the third, fourth, and fifth, well, you know, technically being able to do that, I think that it would be dips and energy. And I think that Rob Font, with his range, is going to be a little bit of a problem for Aldo. I think there will be a lot of times where Jose Aldo is going to have to get hit and kind of survive in there. I'm going to expect Rob Font to take this fight. And I think it's going to be around a fifth round stoppage to Jose Aldo surviving and Rob Font getting a decision, taking the fight late with the later rounds. Rob Font is, you know, to me, a guy that's I've known has been coming for the title for a while. Jose Aldo's a guy that's reinvented himself since the Conor McGregor loss and has been competitive with the top guys and has built himself an, an, another run that where the winner of this is in serious contention for the title shot. It's a little stacked at the top, a little packed, but if Jose Aldo were to pull out this performance, it's amazing, it's, it's, it's amazing, right? It's amazing from where he started to where he is now. And this isn't a Jose Aldo in his prime. It's a Jose Aldo past his prime who has adjusted his game. But he didn't adjust his game to as like to preserve energy or take less risk. He's taking more risk than ever because he's, he's relying on the hands. But he just decided to get more skilled in a position. Like when you usually get older, you fall back on your skills or some tricks of the trick. No, he got more skilled and more precise with his hands at an older age. It's very interesting, very, it's something to be respected and just shows level fighter that Jose Aldo is in his mentality. And he also dropped down in weight, which never happens, right? You don't, you know, start losing and then you drop down in weight. You usually go up in weight. He dropped down in weight. 
it's, it's, it's to be respected. I think that this is going to be too much for him. I think... I think that um, Ralph Lance is fresher. I think, technically, my I think my list will be backed up in this fight in the first two rounds, but over duration of time, I think that Jose Aldo's age, wear and tear will catch up to him, and Rob Font's looseness and ability to take a shot when Jose Aldo can't. I think that's what wins the fight for him. I think that Jose Aldo, if he were to win this fight, it's going to have to be that his cardio holds up. And as in like his last fight against uh, Munoz, his precision was better late. And his combination is better late. He's going to have to be the combination puncher in this fight and outwork him because I think the raw font shots are going to look bigger. So he's going to have to land more shots than raw font. Make raw font, who's more of like a one-punch-at-a-time guy, make him have to constantly react to your offense. That's what I see for Aldo, but I'm going to pick raw font. And either a fifth-round stoppage or Jose Aldo survives the fifth round to get to a uh, decision loss. Fight on the you know the the Tank Davis pay per view on Sunday. I like although although I you know talk bad about the main event. The the card is stacked and you got uh, Adamus versus Dervinchenko. You have Fondora versus Garcia and that's the fight that I want to talk about because I think Fondora is close to fighting for a title in uh, 2022 and I think that this is the fight that's going to put him over and it's going to make him a serious contender. I think that a lot of uh, American champions right have to beat that uh, fighter that's. Uh, international, right? You had um, Brooke beat. I mean, uh, you had Brooke get beat by Earl Spence. You had uh, Terence Crawford go fight Ricky Burns. There's plenty examples of going to fight a European fighter, and that's to be like you're welcoming into like the you know elite level of competition. I think that's what this is for Fondora, and I think that uh, Garcia's going to have a, a a very hard time with his reach and his pressure, and I think the Fondora is growing as a fighter as far as distance he's growing as a fighter as getting hit less he's being more technical now the last fight was kind of like a little crazy fight with Colta but I think that that was because Colta's style was just he's so hittable and then it just lures you into those kind of fights I think that he's going to be really precise in this fight I think he's going to look really effective I think Fondora is you know I think to me like borderline almost a star attraction in this sport so I expect this to be his moment where like looks at him and you're like I, you know Charles gonna have to see him Eric Saluba's gonna have to see this guy I expect that from this fight uh, Derbyshenko versus Adamus is also an excellent fight great weekend of fights like I said I'm not high in the tank fight but it's tank he's a star you have to watch him thank you guys for listening it's been the Ezra Podcast